The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Hi, everybody, and Happy New Year! Unless you're listening in the archives, we are recording this live uh, the first Thursday of 2019, and I'm excited because since it's the first Thursday, that means this is a question and answer with Suzanne and Sanaya program, the first Thursday of every month. For several months now, I've been taking your calls, so I'm going to chat for a little bit, but that'll give some of you a chance to get to your phone and write down this number because I would love you to call in and ask some questions from my guides that would help everybody listening to learn more about the spirit world, about the afterlife, anything metaphysical that benefits everyone listening. The phone number to call in is 816-251-3555. We already have one caller on the line. Kathleen, I'll be getting to you shortly. You're going to be the first question that I answer. So, Oh, by the way, if you all call in, I'm going to write your name down and there will be a drawing at the end for one of my online courses. Somebody will win that today. So meanwhile, do you know this is the start now of the 12th month I've been doing this show already? It's going to be a year in February that I've had the honor of uh, having Messages of Hope on Unity Online Radio. And I just love sharing stories of the afterlife. We've had some great guests who talk about their experiences across the veil during near-death experiences or their their expertise in metaphysics. It's just such an honor to share them. I spent the last two hours speaking with a book club, a bunch of ladies here in the Villages, Florida, sharing one story after another. I told them I could sit there all day if I didn't have to go do my radio show because once I get sharing the evidence that has come through in my one-on-one interactions with those who have crossed the veil, it's kind of hard to shut me up. Ask my husband, Ty. <laughs> but I love starting the show by sharing with you some of the latest magic. And it's not, of course, a trick. It's not magic. I just call it that because these are magical moments of evidence that our loved ones are truly still right here with us. Now, if you've read my book still right here, you might recognize the names Irene and Tony Vuvalides. 
Ty and I were just visiting Irene and Tony the past few days because we're moving up to be their neighbors here pretty soon. And on the way up, I think, it might have been while we were driving, I'm not quite sure, but Irene's daughter in the spirit world, Carly, is an outstanding communicator. And quite often when I'm talking to Irene, Carly will drop in on me, just suddenly make her presence known. She uh, passed about five years ago, but let me tell you, she is still so much part of her family's life. And uh, as I was talking to Irene, Irene told me that uh, she was in her sanctuary where she meditates, and I felt Carly's presence, and I said, well, Carly is sitting in your rocking chair right there right now, and she's blowing on her fingernails as if she just painted them. And Irene laughed, and she says that's exactly how Carly used to sit there when she'd done her nails and, and blow on them, just like she was showing me. And then I... I had to laugh because I knew that Irene had just come back from visiting family in California. I knew that they had a couple of little kids there, but I never would have guessed this one. I said, Irene, Carly's showing me you blowing on the kids' bellies and making funny noises. I know a lot of you listening know what I'm talking about. I, you know, that sound. And uh, try writing that in a text, right? And Irene texted back to me that uh, – they had done that about three or four times a day with the little ones when they were out there. So for me, that's just the most wonderful validation that even in our most ordinary and love-filled moments, interacting with family members, those of our family members across the veil are right there with us, as Carly showed us. And then just a quickie, because uh, Irene was there with Carly's best friend, Kayla, I said, let Kayla know that Carly's mentioning a little necklace that she has that she's fingering. And indeed, Irene sent me a photo of a necklace that she had just given Kayla. So I never get tired of the validations from across the veil. I hope you don't either. So today being question and answer day, I hope some of you will call in. We just have Kathleen on the line right now, but never fear. I have pages of questions that people have sent in to me, but it's so much more fun to interact with you all live. Let's bring Kathleen in right now. I think I can do that right here. Louie, engineer Louie, you're going to have to help me out here because I'm clicking the button. Nothing's happening. Can you bring Kathleen in, please? Okay. Kathleen, how are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> Wonderful. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> um, I'm laughing because I feel like this is a funny question for Sanaya. Um, I'm going to see how I can word it best. Okay. We all know about collective consciousness and like they say how thoughts are real. and But we still have our own thoughts. And I'm wondering if the reason this popped into my mind is because I do and have cared for people that, you know, are nonverbal, you know, and work independently with them. So it gets me thinking about my thoughts. <laughs> and so what do they have to say about just balancing the whole idea of, okay, collective consciousness and our own? I mean, I almost feel like I'm being selfish when I just enjoy solitude and my own thoughts. Like I, does that make sense? <laughs> it makes perfect sense, but as you say that, now, if I start talking funny, that's just because I let Sanaya come through more than my words. And this is what they're saying. They're, let me see. <laughs> they say, no thoughts are actually your own. You simply identify with those thoughts <laughs> because you have a pattern 
they're showing me a line, A, B, C, how we have our history that unfolds, past, present, future, and that because certain thoughts have arisen from consciousness through our form and we've identified with it, we identify that as my thoughts, yet all of it arises from one divine mind. This is like unity speak 101, which I, which I love, but uh, this is the way that life in the human world unfolds, that we identify with the thoughts, when indeed, if, if we were to become aware of how many thoughts are impressed in our, put in quote, consciousness from higher consciousness, we would realize how vast is the web that we're all a part of. I'm being told to tell you that there is there's nothing wrong with wanting your solitude, but also to remind you and everyone who's listening that we actually are never alone and cannot be alone because we are part of and integrally connected with that sea of consciousness from which all thoughts arise. So what happens when you apparently have your own thoughts when all of us do is we've simply narrowed that beam that that spotlight of conscious focus of awareness down to one specific stream one wave of consciousness from the whole sea of love and we can broaden that beam anytime we want and that's exactly what I'm doing, Kathleen, right now as I tune into Sanaya to to help have them speak with me here is I don't want to just answer from Suzanne awareness. We just open it up and that becomes the group of Sanaya, which is a collective consciousness. What does that mean? It's it's the thought forms of several light beings. Whoever has the most appropriate answer at once narrows it down and feeds it through my consciousness. Does this sound crazy to you? <laughs> it's making sense. I know I'm going to have to re-listen to all of this, but no, it makes sense. I just, I think because of the work that one does, like when somebody works, you know, well, okay, supposedly alone, you have to be aware of your thoughts um, to a point. I, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. I'll have to really re-listen to all of that, but it makes sense. <laughs> hey, let me just see a little more here. So I want to encourage everybody, and I'm listening to Sanaya now, to know that it is actually quite easy to tune into others' thoughts. In fact, they're showing me how Ty and I, my husband and I, do this all the time. And if you start <laughs> paying attention, notice when you and somebody that you share space with comes up with the same thing at the same time. What, how about when you're just sitting at a table and you both reach for a glass of water and they're showing me that many times your partner will say, think, have the thought, I'm thirsty. You pick up on that thought and you reach for a glass, even though it's the other person's thought. And this is the web, the connection of all thoughts that are going round and round. And the funny thing is that that being alone, that's the time to actually try to be without thought, to sink <laughs> into the heart space, to enjoy silence as much as is possible, to get to know that greater field of all thoughts of which we're a part. It's kind of paradoxical, isn't it? That to empty our yeah. mind of what we feel, our personal thoughts, we tune into the the sea of all consciousness. So definitely by spending that time alone, that's something to be treasured and there's great benefit in it. Hmm. 
Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, Any follow-on so question that that raised, or are you good? I'm good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> Great. The time. Where are you calling from? <laughs> um, Gainesville, Florida. Oh, not so far away right now. Very good. Well, Kathleen, I've yep. entered your name in our little drawing here for the online course. So if you hear it at the end, just email me through my website. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> well, that was great. I have one other caller on the line. That's awesome. I would like to get a few more queued up. That number's 816-251-3555. I will get to, is it? Lou, is it Gail? Yeah, I'll get to Gail in just a minute. I did promise this one gentleman that I would ask his question online, and I haven't given myself the benefit of thinking about an answer yet, so it's going to be kind of spontaneous. But everybody listening, this is from Fred, and I love how he ended his email. He says at the new year, I'm just about to start my 89th time around the sun. What a treat. What a way to look at our journey here in earth school, traveling around the sun one time per year. And he's had, he's done, done it 88 times so far. So Fred asked, please ask Sanaya, what happens to the quote essence of a butterfly when it dies? Where does it go? Does it have a soul? Does it have a spirit? Okay. So now we'll shift. And that's all any of you have to do when you want to get an answer from your guides, from your team and higher consciousness just take the focus off your story and here we go uh -huh. so sanaya says all that exists is spirit energy a soul is merely the bridge between pure awareness your source and the manifested being so in that sense yes all creatures have souls all living beings, that bridge between the manifested form and source. However, as we have told you in the past, when the soul of an animal that has not created a personality, such as your domesticated pets, returns to pure spirit, it returns to what you would understand as a group soul. I'm going to come out of talking to them for a second to explain that they've said in the past that, for example, oh, I don't want to freak anybody out, but my, my little dog Rudy tends, if a gecko happens to get into our lanai here in Florida and he gets hold of it, mm, that poor little gecko's soul returns to the great gecko soul in the sky uh, we, if we're not fast enough. So what they're saying is that whereas human beings, there's an individual soul for each because we each have personalities and issues that we come here to evolve and grow from and learn from, animals that have, do not have particular personalities would return to a group soul and would then come back out of that energy field to take form again and again and again. Now, I want to make a little disclaimer. This is me talking to my team of guides. The show is sanctioned by unity, but everything I say today, you just tune in with your heart. This is what I'm giving to you now, and nothing is the official word. Just test how it feels in your heart. So that's Fred's answer. I hope you uh, get a chance to hear that, Fred, sometime in the archives, because he couldn't join us live. So let's bring Gail online, please, Louie. 
Gail, welcome to Messages of Hope. Hi, Suzanne. I'm so happy to talk to you. I found you through Helping Parents Heal, and I'm so excited. I will be coming to see you and Mavis in March. I'm one of the lucky ones. Wonderful. So So for those of you Um, who are listening, Mavis Patilla, my original mentor in England when I studied mediumship, Mavis has been a medium for over 50 years. And I'm so excited, Gail, because I have the honor of writing Mavis's biography. And just before the show, I started writing the final chapter in the book. So it is coming, coming down the finish line. But how wonderful we'll get to meet you. Awesome. I'm so excited and um, so uh, grateful for all your help that you've given me um, this past 18 months. Uh-huh. Um, I have a question. You mentioned Carly is such a strong communicator. Yes. And that made me think of my son because he has been such an awesome, strong communicator right out of the gate. And I'm just wondering why are some souls such easy communicators, such strong communicators, I will answer that in a second, but I just have to tell you now, I don't normally do the readings on air and I'm, all I'm telling you is I'm seeing an image of somebody playfully jousting with a knife, jousting with a knife. Would that have any, you recognize that at all with your son? He's, he was joking, like he would joke around, you know, like there must be a special knife that he had that might make sense to you. I'm not sure that it's him, but that image just floods my mind as you say that. So think on okay. that, but meanwhile, huh. hmm. oh, he's a big kid. I know you said he joked around, but I absolutely feel a big kidder here. And he's holding out his hands like, ta-da, the strong communicators yeah. are the bright lights, mom. Yep. And yep, this would yep. be somebody that your whole life you recognize there's something different about him. There's something that attracts other people to him. He's kind of you know, making that proud sign right now where you kind of brush your fingernails on your chest and, um, yep, yep, goofing, yep, yep. goofing around. <laughs> and, yep. um, it's, it's unusual and it's, and it's such a shame for those of us in human form from the human viewpoint, we say it's a shame that now we have to be without their physical presence, but they leave such a mark. And it's just been my experience that these so-called old souls that, that, had already learned their lessons and we can learn so much more from their passing, learn about love, learn about compassion and kindness, the things that they showed us that when they get to the other side, they don't have to learn to communicate with us because they're already good at it. They're already comfortable in their soul skin, so to speak. Does that make sense? Right. Totally. And um, that's kind of what I've been thinking that it's, probably we've done this so many times before. Is that kind of how that works? We've like, it's like we've been there, done yes. that. So we're able to communicate easier with each other because we've done it. We know how to do it kind of. That's my understanding. That- I would say yes to yeah. that. There's still a lot of things okay. I don't get. And I, I know one day I'll get to the other side and I'll say, oh, that's how it works. But that definitely resonates with me. Okay. Okay. So the ones that have done it, like the older souls are able to communicate easier. That's that's what we're saying. Yes. Yep. Okay, cool. All right. How about, have you had contact with him? Oh, yes. Uh Nice. (laughs) Lots. lots He says he's a trickster. A trickster. So he must (laughs) 
play with lights and electronics and things like that. Cell phone. Yeah. Like I get yeah. calls and there's nobody there and it's him and I know what to say. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Oh, what a blessing that you recognize that. And it's a really great lesson for anybody listening to, to keep your eyes open for these signs that our loved ones send. Beautiful. Yes. Well, yes. I hope to see you at the Helping Parents Heal conference next year. They just opened registration this week and already 100 people are signed up. Wow. We're already signed up. Excellent. All right. Super. All right. Thank you so much, Gail. Let me write your name down here for my drawing before I forget. All Thank right. You, I appreciate I you calling in and I look forward to seeing you at the end of March. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. I do have Roseanne waiting. If you wouldn't mind waiting a minute. Roseanne, well, let me see. No, I'm going to listen to you now because I don't want to run out of time. So, Roseanne, welcome to the show. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you. Um, my question today is I'm wondering where precognitive dreams come from. I, too, am a member of Helping Parents Heal, and two to three months before my son passed, I had a dream where I saw him in his casket, and I just wonder where that those kind of dreams come from well this is first of all i i i feel it sounds cliche but i feel your your pain and i hope that the words today will help you to understand that precognitive dreams come because we are all souls here and now we're souls in human form and the soul knows certain things that are going to happen Every soul, of course, comes to this life with an exit plan, certain points in our lives when we can cross to the other side and at times not take that exit point, which leaves some of us saying, why did they take that point, that exit point? Mm -hmm. And I've talked to so many people who have had near-death experiences, and they say that the love that greets us when we cross the veil is so overwhelming that even though we know we have loved ones that will be so-called left behind, we also know that they'll be okay. That having been said, precognitive dreams, I'm checking in with my team right now to make sure that I get this right. Yes, are your soul's way of easing into an idea of something that is about to pass. So there's something within you that says, we don't just want to completely knock you off balance. We're going to let you know there's something. And then I see that this is part of your path. Had you not had that dream, you would not be as convinced that this is real, that I need to follow this, that I need to learn more about this. Here you are listening to the Messages of Hope show. So clearly you're you're on this journey, the same one I'm on, to learn more about the greater reality. Everybody listening, we're fascinated by the afterlife, by the spiritual world. And so yes. had you not had that dream, perhaps you might just blow off signs that are around you or be grieving more than you already are. But that was a gift that said, yes, this is an exit point, and it's all going to be okay, but this is just a little foreshadowing. Get ready. Yes, I understand. Okay. Thank you so much. You're I welcome. Have you read my book, Wolf's Message? Wolf's Message? It is on my list. Oh, listen, <laughs> I just talked to this, this book club about 
messages of hope today, but I, I, I gave a spoiler alert at the book club and I said, I have to tell you about this young man because his soul absolutely left proof that the soul knows what's going to happen to it. So when you read that, you will really understand how we're all souls and sometimes by grace, the, that awareness of the soul filters through our human awareness to let us know certain things. And uh, Wolf's message yeah. is the most phenomenal I've ever heard. But I'm, I'm actually grateful that you had that precognitive dream. It's, it's going to just open you up to even more and greater understanding as you travel this path. Okay? One, wonderful. And I will be there in 2020. Oh, uh, excellent. Oh, listen, signed up. Were, you, were yeah. you there last year? No, no, this is, I'm just coming up on my first anniversary. It was right after my son passed, so I, oh. I wasn't there. So. Let me tell you, for those of you who are listening, you can't believe what a difference it makes to be with a group of people who get this that we're talking about, who understand or at least have the belief that this is possible. Ty walked into the banquet room on Saturday night, and he looked around at these 500 people, all shining light parents, meaning they all have children across the veil, and he said you would have thought it was a, a wedding party or something, not that people were, were – um, we're not singing or anything, but it was a happy, loving group because you've, it's like you've come home to a group of people who have known the greatest pain, but now also know it's going to be okay because our kids are right here. So this is the kind of support group we need, no matter what kind of passing we've had, a child, a spouse, a sibling, we all need to get with others who know that this is real, that, our, that love never dies. So I'll see you in, in 2020. Yes, I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye, Roseanne. Thank Bye. you. Oh, wow. I'm glad I took that call because time is winding down here. We have a minute and a half till the break, so I'm not going to take a caller. I have two callers waiting. Don't go away during the break. I want to give you plenty of time, so I will just... Oh, this is a good one. Read one that somebody sent in with the one minute I have. person wrote, I've recently learned of someone who was close to me going through a process of self-discovery and healing through the use of hallucinogenic drugs. I've used, I've read about the use of these drugs for the purposes of expanding consciousness and purported spiritual evolution. Is there any truth to this or is it actually harmful? I've read so much about it myself, everybody, and there's no doubt in my mind that these drugs do cause a lifting of the veil, at least between the left brain and the right brain, so that suddenly we are experiencing the kinds of things that happen when we no longer have a brain to get in the way. Uh, there's no doubt that people have spiritually transformative experiences, but let me tell you, it's nothing like doing it the natural way. Not at all. It can be dangerous, but um, so much better Personally, this is Suzanne's opinion, when we sit with the intention of collecting, connecting with higher consciousness and let higher consciousness guide us instead of taking it into our own hands artificially. So come back after the break. We'll have some more callers and hopefully some good answers.
You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. I heard from a young lady who was just starting out as a Unity minister, and she said, I am not teaching prosperity yet in my ministry because I have not yet demonstrated it in my own life. And I don't think I should teach what I have not demonstrated. And I wrote her back and said, Honey, you've got it all backwards. You need to teach what you want to learn. You teach what you want to demonstrate. Because you cannot demonstrate what you do not know. There must be an inworking before there can be an outworking. To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. If you're looking to deepen your spiritual journey, Unity Magazine is your go-to source for information and inspiration. It's been beautifully redesigned and packed with interesting articles and compelling interviews from today's spiritual thought leaders. You'll find science, spirituality, and healing with a look at Eastern philosophies, meditation, as well as completely new ways to interpret the Bible. Plus, reviews on the latest spiritual books and music. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. Take a trip with Rev. Paul John Roach every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Central and tune in to World Spirituality. A lifelong student and practitioner of many world spiritual teachings, Paul guides you to the unity and common values shared by all world religions. We really are all connected. Take a journey with Paul and explore our planet's spiritual landscape with insight, humor, and practical advice for all. Join the show with your question or comment right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the first Thursday of the month. This episode is always Ask Suzanne and Sanaya. And again, not that I have all the answers, but I have learned how to get pretty cool answers from my guides to questions that I can't answer at this level. In fact, uh, 
it's funny. I'm sitting here on the break, and you know how you put your phone on silent, and I set it on the floor so I remember to turn the volume back on when I'm finished the show, and it's sitting down there buzzing twice in a row during the break. And I looked down at its telemarketers, and I said to my guides, I told people to call me, but not on my personal phone. <laughs> so somebody must have gotten the word to call Suzanne. Uh, you're welcome to call in and ask some questions this second half hour. I have three people waiting, so let's get to Elizabeth, who's been waiting the longest. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, how are you? I'm great. You are live and on the air. How fun is that? That's crazy. Um, I actually am kind of um, in a much better place than I thought I would be today because yesterday was my daughter's sixth uh, anniversary. Oh my! And, um, those are those I can had, be tough days. They they usually were, but um, I was really grateful that I had a lot of my friends spend the day with me, and um, it went really well. So, um, um, I wanted to ask you about, um, I had a number of questions and I know you, you try to keep it more broad, but, um, I had, I had, um, a, a, like a constant light in, in my room that would go on periodically. And it was a light that she had given me and, Hmm. um, this summer it just stopped, and I'm just wondering why my light stopped shining. So this is an actual physical like, lamp or light that's in the room yeah, that she'd given you, and it would come right. on by itself? Yeah, it was a um, makeup mirror that she bought for me for my birthday okay. a couple of years before she passed, and um, it was amazing because it literally would go on on her birthday. It went on oh. on my birthday. Wow. It was very, very clear. And actually, I had my, um, I had a reading by you last year, and it went on on that day that I was meeting with you. Oh, how awesome and, is that? Um, you know, I had this sense as soon as you started yeah, talking, I was seeing a ring on the right hand. Do you have a ring that pertains to her that you wear on your right hand? No, but she, she would, she had that. Okay. So you understand ring on the right hand with her. Yeah. Well, let me tune in then. And it just has the strongest feel, Elizabeth, that it's like, okay, we did that. Now don't become dependent on that. And it's like new surprises to come. That it, Mm. it, that can actually hold us in this, hold us in a place when life is really about change. And I hate, I hate hearing that because, you know, like I haven't heard from my stepdaughter Susan in quite a while and I want the, I want the magic and I want all of that. But at the same time, we're also here to, you know, find different ways of connecting. So say again. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, no. It's not that she's left you. It's not that she's not around. It's like we we need to find a new way. And in fact, I'm hearing songs and music. So it feels as if she's going to now be trying to catch your attention with songs. And that's just the feeling that I get. So it just really comes with the feeling that she doesn't want you to, to just get too focused in on that. And is the feeling of not 
becoming dependent on that, that you need to move forward with her without that happening. I hope that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So welcome. Just know that she's still around. You keep talking to her. And I love that you got through yesterday with, with, with in a better place. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you, Elizabeth. Bye-bye. Okay. I have entered Elizabeth into the drawing for one of my online courses, and I'm writing down the name Leonard because, Leonard, you are our next caller. Thanks for waiting so long. Oh, thank you for taking the call. You bet. How can I help you today? Uh, I've got a question for you, uh, Suzanne. Uh, It's about free will. Uh, Mm -hmm. How much free will do we really have? Uh, the reason I ask this is my son is having a very deep spiritual experience right now. He's been in touch with what he calls the council in heaven. Oh, and, nice. I mean, he's he's being beamed with energy, and his consciousness is just expanding by leaps and bounds. And one of the, uh, one of the messages that he got was that we really don't have much free will about the major things that occur within our life that uh, were directed along a certain path. And I've seen that in my own life as I've gone along too. I mean, we think we have free will about, uh, you know, simple things, but the major uh, things that occur in our life seem to be directed in a, uh, in a certain way. And I, I wondered what your take on that was. Well, I'm glad you've asked that because I've had long discussions with, with my team, Sanaya, about this. And as I'm listening to your question, they just put an image in my mind that I need to explain because it may seem cavalier to people who are listening, but they just showed me a puppet on strings and they actually gave me a poem years ago about, you know, are we a puppet on strings that spirit just uses us like that? Is anything, do we have free will? And the answer was that it's completely in agreement with you said, Leonard, that we do have certain tasks we come here to do. Certain things are decided in advance. And it's like picture a map with the, the highways are highlighted in a certain color. And yet, because we do absolutely have free will, the kind of that's the wild card for us here. We get to make choices and at times we take the little the blue route that goes off the main highway. And or we might even go on to the little road that's unpaved. But because we're part of a bigger web and that what we do affects all others and affects our path, at times we are gently and sometimes not so gently guided back to that main path. So we're allowed to get off with our free will, but if there's a certain lesson and it fits into the bigger picture, we'll end up back on the path that we came here to be on. So it's a a two-way answer, yes and no. Yes, that's, uh, 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 that's exactly. I, I'm being told you better finish up with the puppet string thing. <laughs> so what that is, is that I tell people often, when you realize how lovingly we are guided by higher consciousness, by our guides, by our own soul that knows so much more than often filters down to our human awareness, when you see what happens when we at the human level come into alignment with the soul, with our guides' guidance, That's when you just hold out your arms and you look up and you say, go ahead, pull my strings. Because it's, it's, 
life flows so beautifully when we don't fight the path that our soul came here to walk down. Would you agree with that? I agree completely. That's exactly yeah. what he was. I mean, the words parallel exactly what he's been told. You know, he's been on a very, very narrow path that is just raising him higher and higher and higher. It's it's unbelievable to watch. Wow, how and, nice! Uh, and what and a my life has been turned around, turned around of it because uh, because of it also. Uh, I was, cool. you know, uh, I, I, I what you just said uh, parallels completely with what uh, what he mentioned. And it's not really what we've been told in the past. You know, we think we have free will, but uh, I think the free will occurs mainly with the simpler things in life, not the main direction. That's exactly That's, what you yeah. said. We're nudged to move back yeah. to where we're supposed to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, yeah. some of these things we won't know till we cross, but we can always, all of us, just tune into our heart and say, yeah, notice how you said that feels right. That feels right. That's what we mean by that. If we think about it too hard, then we can actually go off the track. So always slip back down into that heart space to discern what is our current truth. Thanks so much for calling, Leonard. Thank you, uh, Suzanne. Appreciate it. Alrighty. You're welcome. I have Wendy standing by, but I am going to take one of the questions that was written in. A uh, person said, why is Sanaya coming through you and answering our questions? I struggle with the paradox of the veil. There's a reason for forgetting, yet we're encouraged to discover and remember. And why is Sanaya coming through now? Well, recently I became aware of this wonderful analogy. Actually, it's through my guest. I think he's my guest next week, Dr. Jeff Driscoll, an emergency room physician who's just one of the most beautifully spiritual people I've ever, I haven't met him, but I read his book. So you're going to meet him next week. But he wrote in his book that we'll talk about that the veil that everybody speaks of, well, the body is the veil. And I just had the biggest aha moment because think about it, we come into this form as souls, we enter into the body to have this human experience, and as we get used to discerning our reality, perceiving our reality through physical eyes, through physical ears, we shut off that intuition that always connects us with our soul. So the physical body is that veil. And we say that we pass to the spirit world, we, the veil parts. Well, yeah, we leave the physical body behind. And Jeff, in his book, gives actual uh, quotes from scripture that refers to the veil as flesh. So just fascinating. So we forget by design because we agreed to come into this body. Now, why is Sanaya coming through and answering questions? Because I asked, hey, Somebody help me out down here. I want to know more. I sat in the silence for a couple of years asking every day, who am I? Why am I here? What is God? What is life all about? And this team of guides came to answer my questions. I wasn't satisfied with the answers I was getting at the human level. They didn't feel right to me. And so I asked, I went within, expanded my awareness, and created that space for guides at a higher level to come in. And I love their answers. I love their presence. They have answered things in ways that I never would have imagined. So I've come to trust them. And they tell us that all of us have this available to us. You all have your own 
teams, your own connections. We're all part of this spectrum of higher consciousness. We can't be separated from it. Why do they come at this time? You've never been without your team. My Hemisync CDs, working with your guides, is an excellent way to get to know your own team, to feel them, to converse with them, to ask them questions. You don't need any tools, though. You already have all the tools, all the equipment you need. It's called a soul. We just have to learn how to part that veil here and now. You don't have to wait till you die. How awesome is that? You just have to learn to set aside the focus on the physical body. Set aside the belief that you need eyes to see and ears to hear and feel with your heart. This is what Sanaya has taught me and I've learned through personal experience. So we have another Elizabeth. Uh-oh. I'm going to write Elizabeth 2. It's the same one. Oh, okay, Elizabeth. You only get one entry in the drawing, <laughs> unless she's still just waiting, or another question. Which is it, Louie? Same one, still waiting. Okay. So we have nobody else waiting for with a question, and that means that the people who have called in so far have a greater chance of winning the free online course. If anybody's listening and has a question, don't be shy. I know you're out there. The number is 816-251-3555. So meanwhile, don't worry. I have plenty of questions sent in. Here's the person that wrote, I think often of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I struggle with the fact that roughly half the human population live in or near poverty, spending the vast majority of their time focused on the bottom of the hierarchy, such as basic human physiological needs like food, clothing, and shelter. It really is a luxury to have the time to attend to our spiritual sides via reading, meditation, prayer, etc. It all seems terribly unfair. At the same time, I have friends who have worked in very poor parts of India and Africa who reassure me that I would be surprised by the amount of joy and love that is found in such poverty-stricken places. I'd love to hear yours or Sanaya's perspective on this. Whew. So, good question. And as I tune in, my lip is twitching. I love how Sanaya does that to me. I can't do it myself, but when it happens, it's as if they are saying, we've got this. So let's hear what they have to say. And they are shouting at me, point of view. What they mean by that is, when we look about and we say, oh, what a tragedy. Look at that suffering. We are coming completely from the human point of view. And it is a very valid reaction and a very valid point of view. But the point with the awakened way, which is what Sanaya and I share with all of you, you can learn more about that at theawakenedway.org. The whole point is that we are both human and souls, and we get to choose our point of view. And it can be either or, or both and. So if you're struggling with the point of view of the tragedies that humans go through, shift your point of view to the soul level and higher. As I mentioned, the soul is the bridge between pure awareness and human awareness. So shift beyond your human story and know from that heart level, from heart awareness, just what our guides always tell us, that at another level of reality, all is well. Every situation in earth school is temporary and leads to evolution 
of the soul and growth. I'm glad that this person who wrote in acknowledges the joy and love that can be felt no matter what is going on. What that tells me is that those souls of those in the poverty-stricken areas know true love, know the connection, know the joy of simply being, perhaps because they haven't become burdened with the troubles that bother us from the very human lives we live. So it may seem easy when we sit in our comfort, and here I sit in a nice chair in a nice room to say, oh, all is well. That's the human viewpoint if we feel disdain at an answer like that. I can assure all of you listening that there is a whole other level, that when we pass from this physical body, all that we experienced will appear exactly as it is. As Joel Goldsmith wrote, a parenthesis in eternity. When we know that life here and its struggles serves a purpose, we can bear any burden knowing that we are part of the solution. I hope that helps all of you. And I thank Sonia for that. Oof. Wow. Okay, goody. So we have a couple of new callers. Dana, let me put your name in the drawing before I forget. And Louie, don't let me forget to draw a name at the end. <laughs> Dana, you're on the air. Thanks for calling in. Hi, Suzanne. Um, thanks Hi. for taking my call. It's so nice to talk with you. Um, so my question is about spirits who, um, uh, or souls who don't want to necessarily move on once they've passed. Um, I'm kind of confused because if we all have, um, guides and angels around us looking out for us all the time, um, when we pass on, whether it's, you know, quickly and abruptly, tragically, or not so much, um, you know, does, why would a soul choose to, um, day on in this earth um, if, you know, those on the other side were were there to greet us and help us to move on um, across oh. the veil, um, why would they stay? Um, and also, you know, if they if they choose that, and that goes back to, I guess, somewhat of the, you know, the free will question, um, what okay. happens to them after that? Basically? Dana, I have the coolest yeah. answer. I'm so glad you asked this because nobody has ever asked it, and I love the answer that I'm hearing and what Sanaya is saying is, have you not, in your human form, awakened from a dream? And even though you are aware that it is time to get up and go about your day, even if you have an exciting day before you, do you not at times want to hold on to that dream simply to see how it ends or to continue the experience? And it's the perfect analogy. I can remember, maybe you haven't had that lucid dreaming experience, but just as you're coming out of sleep, you're still in that dream. And it's like, no, I don't want to leave this. And you can keep that dream going. Have you done that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine, and I've been told this is what it's like. We come out of this world, we pass to the next, and then we say it was like a dream. And in a way, Mm -hmm. as a play of consciousness, it is, even though it's quite real to all of us right now. We, mm-hmm. It's very physical. It's very real. But some people who pass, they just don't want to leave it yet, even though there's beautiful light ahead. and Or they see their family, their family suffering with grief, and they just want to be just hang around and help them. That mm-hmm. I truly don't believe in the term, or don't, I don't want to say believe, I don't use the term earthbound spirit. I believe these. this is 
in most cases, a choice that souls make to help their family here, or they simply enjoyed a certain place and want to stay here a little longer. Not Some of them may not realize how incredible it is when we step completely into the next chapter of our eternal lives. And once right. they do, it's like, oh, okay, why'd I wait so long? But meanwhile, they're just holding on to the the experience a little longer. Alrighty? Okay. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you. for calling. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. Now I see that Gail has a follow on to her question she asked earlier, and you're more than welcome. Come on back in, Gail. Oh, hi, Suzanne. Hi. Um, we spoke in the beginning, and my son told you he's a trickster, and I told yeah. you that he is a very strong communicator, and he calls my cell phone often, lots of things, you know. And then at the um, right when you came back from your break, you said you were kind of chuckling that you had two telemarketer calls on your mm-hmm. cell phone. Yeah. And at that exact moment, my cell phone rang with a telemarketer and nobody was there. So I just wanted to share that with you because I think that might be my son. <laughs> well, this is kind of cheesy. And, you know, this sounds like something that anybody could just make up. But the second you started talking, he's pumping his fist in the air like Arsenio Hall used to do. And he's going like, I did that. I did that. I know. <laughs> so yeah, totally. sometimes we just need to just believe and celebrate the magic that they create. I love that. Yeah, I just Love wanted it. to share that little bit of um, that little nugget. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And I know it thank uplifts you. everybody hearing it. So you guys just believe it. I've heard so many people messing with cell phones and I've had mine. Oh, my gosh. I mean, my mom passed in August and the other day I had the most just her, her phone number popped up on my phone. I hadn't even been touching it. And you just have to say <sighs> thanks for that. God wink. <laughs> yes. All yes. right. Thank you. So thank you, Gail. All right, everybody, we have four and a half minutes left. I'm going to answer questions from somebody who called in. So in case I forget, I'm going to do my drawing right now. I have one, two, three, four, five, six names on little piece of paper in my hand. Trust me on this. I'm shuffling them face down. I cannot see who's who. And the guides say right there, pick that one. Oh, my gosh, it's Gail. Truly, it's not a setup. That's who we got. So, Gail, you're the winner. Email me, please, after the show, and you get your choice of making the connection, let your spirit soar, or your emerging soul. How fun is that? And you all who missed out, call next month, the first Thursday. So, let's see. Oh, gosh. Now, what do I do? Well, we do have a caller, and I don't want to say no, but, Chris, you missed you missed the drawing, but I think we have time for your call if we can do it quickly. Let's bring Chris in. Okay. Hi, Hi Chris. <laughs> Hi. So uh, piggybacking on um, the previous caller's question about um, spirits who hang around here and they don't fully move on. Yes. Um, do their spirit guides um, leave them at that time? I mean, if they don't move on into the next realm and they still <sighs> stay here, do their guides still stay around them and with them, or do their guides then move on to another um, job or another activity? I'm, I'm laughing because my guide, Boris, is twitching my lip, and he's kind of rolling his eyes and saying, you're ours till the very end. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're going to hang around the earth plane, we're going to hang around you. If you're going to keep playing that role, we are right. still with you. You are our assignment. 
Okay. So trust me, our guides have told us that they learn as much from working with us as we can learn from them. It's not a chore. Uh, jo- they joke around sometimes, but uh, it's not as if they, they have that we're holding them back from anything. Let's put it that way. Right. Okay. And if they, if, if a soul goes into the, the lower realms um, after it um, passes from this earthly life, do the guides stay with them there too? Absolutely. And it's just, this, I understand it as a spectrum of consciousness and you reap what you sow here. So that would be somebody who perhaps did not make the wisest choices, but they would be turned over to other helpers once they get to the other side, no matter what level they're at. I'm often shown souls with a beautiful angel on both sides supporting them and no no judgment really, just, okay, how could we have done better? Yeah, wonderful. Okay, thank and you so much for taking my question. You're so welcome. Everybody that's listening, I, I just shared this with the ladies that I spoke to today in the book club that, you know, our decisions here make such a difference when we get to the other side. And I like to advise everybody as we wrap up the show here, please don't wait till you have to find a medium from the other side to tell people here, I love you so much and make your apologies, give your thank yous, because we're here to let our lights shine right here, right now. What are we waiting for? There's only here, there's only now in the other reality. Let's bring that reality here. As the Awakened Way shows, we find our way home through the heart. Thank you for your love. Let's see you next week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.